art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. They say it's not about the destination, but the journey. And while every story has a beginning, we're here to talk about the end. Hey everybody, it's Podcast Rob. Jim Saturn. And we are here for another Stranger episode of The End. The end, 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 end. Yes, here at the end of Spooktacular Spooktober, um, we are going and catching, you know, as always, on the present button of culture. We are hitting a show uh, that the world was raving about a couple months back. But we have not talked about it since. I mean, we've we talked about Stranger Things, what? I want to say like two two years ago at this point? Yeah, I mean, that was probably the last time a season came out, to be honest. That might be true. Um, but we're going to do the end on this one. And this was must-see TV for our household. Uh, me and the lady were like, all right, we got to sit and we're going to dive bomb through these episodes. Only to realize, like, dive bombing through these episodes, meaning let's watch a movie every night. Yeah. They were just, I mean, I'm, I don't know why they did it the way they did it when they had so many episodes. It just felt like maybe they didn't want to break them up the way that would have been 45 to an hour a piece because it's like, this one's 45 minutes. This one's an hour. This one's two hours. This one's 15 minutes. This one's a cartoon on the back of a milk carton. Like it consistency, Um, which leads us to this finale, which is, how long is was uh, the episode? So it's a season finale. Well, let I just wanted to clarify something real oh, quick. That's true. Normally, normally when we do the end, it is a series finale. It is the last episode of the show ever to be aired, with the exception of you know when we did the Dexter one. Nobody knew that they were going to try to reboot it a couple years later and and bring it back and other stuff like that. But because this was definitely on the pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, we said, you know what, we're going to do the season finale of season four just to uh, give us an opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, I think it was a cromulent decision on our part. Um, But I mean, there's a there's a lot to get through. So, oh, yeah, there is. So let, don't don't mind if we skip over the small parts. Um, so yeah, please. the last episode was was just under two and a half hours. Now, the 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 pre episode with the big fight sequence and the amazingness, like us leading into this finale, I was so super into what was going on. Like it's such a they led into the finale beautifully. All the chess pieces have moved, and now we're we're getting to the final standoff, um, and the whatever's to come, which. In previous seasons, I didn't feel it was as well-constructed as this one. I thought they they really understood their flow and, like, we're here now and this is, we're moving to a finale. So, and I think part of that is because I know I know we keep going back and, and you know, referencing the, the show that shall not be named. But here we are mentioning it. Yeah, exactly. Because um, that's <laughs> what we do. Right. Um, I think in, uh, and this is just speculation, but I think for previous seasons, they may have had like the overarching Bible of this is how it's going to start and this is where it's going to end. And these are some bullet points we want to hit along the way. But they, in, in previous seasons, it was, you know, the whole mentality of quote unquote, well, we have plenty of time. Now we don't have plenty of time. They realize they have, you know, one more season because season five is it. And um, I'm just going back and looking. So season one was eight episodes. Mm -hmm. Season two was nine episodes. Season three was eight episodes. Season four, we're back to nine episodes. But yeah, those nine episodes were fucking long. Yeah, they're big. Well, let's get into it. Um, 
I when I brought this to you, you didn't. I I'm curious as to whether the rest of the world saw it the way I did that this season was based in three teams who really didn't interact directly with some exceptions, uh, 11 being the biggest exception, that we have, let me run down the list here, we have Team 11, Will, Mike, Jonathan, Argyle, Team Joyce, Hopper, Murray, and Team Max, Lucas, Steve, Eddie, Nancy, Dustin. Each with their own base, you know, their own separate plot and subplots um, that are all tied into, obviously, the same end goals. So... Here we are in the final. We have two of the teams that are seemingly working together, specifically with the fight with one. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't see the the series the same way I did, that it was like these three separate shows sort of intermingled. Well, I mean, I did for a lot of the season, but not necessarily for... Uh, chapter nine, the piggyback. That's fair. And that's what I only saw it as two teams because you had the team, you had the Russia team and then you had the Hawkins team as far as, as far as the way I saw it. Sure. Okay. So you had Joyce Hopper Murray over in Russia. And then even though we had kind of two separate teams, they were still, the, the Hawkins team was still working in conjunction with each other. It's just that you had some, in the house and some in the upside down, but they were still, they were still part of the same team because they were working off of, you know, when I give the signal, you do this kind of thing. So they knew what was going on from, from upside down to right side up. So I just saw them as the same team. So why don't you, why don't you get down with the, the breakdown of where we go? I understand we're not doing sequential or we, how do you want to do this? You want to, I mean, it's two and a half hours that this will be a two hour episode. (laughs) If we try to discuss everything that happened, Um, there was a lot that happened in this episode. And yet there were things that I thought were going to happen in this episode because it's building up to this, you know, the, the finale of next season that yet somehow didn't like every episode seemed to get slightly longer and longer and longer until we get to this two and a half hour monstrosity. And yet there were still things that didn't happen that I thought would have happened before next season. Um, So that was kind of weird. Um, I guess I understand why the last episode was two and a half hours, because I don't know that there was really a good place to cut it. To break it into two episodes? Yeah. I, I mean, I um, couldn't tell you where the the break spot in the middle at like the hour and 20 minute line is. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you in the show because it really flew by. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty pulse pounding episode. It's nonstop. I mean, I, we have a friend who said, oh yeah, that last episode was like, what, like an hour and 20 minutes? I would, I like, dude, it was two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, For me, it felt two and a half hours, but the pacing was still good. Like, there's a difference between a two and a half hour thing that feels two and a half and a two and a half hour thing that feels five. Mm-hmm. Um, this did not feel five to me, but it definitely felt for me every minute of two, two and a half hours. Um, right. One of the things that I did like was that we finally kind of got into who the big bad is. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. You know, in the first season, we're like, oh my God, it's the Demogorgon. And then we realized the Demogorgon is just a pawn on the, on the playing field. And then it's the Mind Flare, but then it's not the Mind Flare. The Mind Flare is just kind of like, you know, the general, but not the commander of the Upside Down Army kind of thing. So we get some insight into uh, Henry slash one slash Vecna. And and that for me, it was cool to see the backstory of him and kind of how he came about. But it also kind of minimized things for me a bit to where it was like, oh, okay. Like it didn't, it didn't have that super overpowering, weird, mystical, Lovecraftian kind of feel to me anymore. Well, to that point, and this is one of my, uh, I hope. It's one of my hopes for the for the next season because it is a it is a piece of of plot left on the floor, and I I hope it answers your your point about one because I loved his origin story, 
but it left everything about his parents out. He says his father was a monster. He says his mother was a monster. He says everything was horrible. He says... But we never see quite why or what they did or what makes them monsters. He's, as far as we're concerned, he's just a psychopath with magical powers. We don't know how he got those powers. And we don't know what his parents did that perhaps brought him to have those powers. So I I believe that there is a, a more Lovecraftian answer coming to give us one's true origin, the, the heart of it, the nexus of all of this. Um, if we don't get that, I, I will be disappointed in that point of the Stranger Things mythos because they've done a much, they've done a very good job at getting us here. Once I would, let's assume by season two, they really had the, the structure and the bones worked out. Um, I, I really would feel that they, they left too much on the floor if we don't understand why one was what one was. I say that five times fast. Seriously. Um, I mean, we never really get. And, 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 you know, forgive me, we may have in previous seasons, but it's been so long. One of the blog posts that I did uh, just about a week and a half, two weeks ago, was how much time is too much time. And yeah, it's 20 months between season four and or between season three and season four, almost two full years Yeah, between season three and season four. Um, between that time, I had canceled my Netflix account uh, and I didn't like fire it back up right when Stranger Things came out. I waited until there were like six things on Netflix that I wanted to see. And then I fired up my Netflix account and Stranger Things being one of them. Um, and for me, I'm currently working my way through the last thing that is on Netflix that I care to see right now. And then I'll probably end up canceling it again until who knows when, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't jump right on this. Like the minute it came out, uh, and it almost makes me kind of glad because I wasn't one of those people who powered through seven episodes and then went, what do you mean? We got to wait another month or two for the last mm, two to come out. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think we waited until they had the last two had dropped. So then we could power through everything to get to the end. But we were, we were right on the edge when those last two episodes came out. Um, so, so yeah. So the thing that, the thing that kind of the thing I wasn't crazy about yes, with <clears throat> the whole one slash Henry slash Vecna is in seasons like one through three, like we don't really know what the upside down is. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, we kind of get hints and start finding out that it looks like it's kind of just a dark mirror of the regular world. Um, we think again in season one that, you know, it's, it's the, the realm of the Demogorgon. Uh, we find out that is incorrect. And then we've got this giant spider thing that they call the mind flare. Yeah. Um, but then that turns out not to be again, the big bad, uh, so when it came out that Eleven kind of in a not so roundabout way made Vecna and tore that rip through the fabric of space and time, mm -hmm. the fact that it seems that the story is telling us that he created the underground to be that mirror of the world he used to live in just didn't seem to have the same kind of impact to me that it was sort of this, you know, primordial since the dawn of time thing right. that, Oh, Oh, this, this guy made it because he's, you know, He's butt hurt and the strongest thing in the room right now. So he's going to make the room look the way he wants to make the room. So I, I hear you. And I think given my same bit that I said in that something 
gave Henry his powers to start. And whatever it is that gave Henry his powers is what uh, Matthew Modine is what he did to those kids to replicate it. And we don't know what it is yet. We don't know how he gave these children powers. He, you know, what, what weird third eye pineal gland bullshit did he find in these children that made them more apt to become superhero powers? Um, and I, I really believe that that is the spot we're going to, to have to nail down in the next season. And I 100% think that all of those kids have the ability, or if they were to fine tune their powers, um, they would have an ability to create an upside down of their own. Since we know that this specific upside down stopped on that one day in 1979 or whatever the hell date it was that they, they realized the upside down is frozen in. Um, I, I, I'd like to believe that, that this is a primordial other world thing, but it's closer to, to use Dungeons and Dragons. It's closer to a material plane and there's an infinite possible number of material planes and they're probably all fucking horrifying. Um, or maybe they're not, but Vecna is most certainly is that one that we've gotten stuck in our world. Um, because it leaves room as they've said, they've thought about other sequels, seasons, and shows. Uh, it leaves a lot of room open for other interpretations in future Stranger Worlds. Yeah, the notes. I mean, the notes that I was reading in regards to Henry's quote-unquote origin. Um, it shows that he didn't really start discovering his psychokinetic abilities until they moved to Hawkins. So, I mean, clearly there's still something super weird just about Hawkins. I mean, now there's Um, fucking hole in middle main street. Well, there is now, but that (laughs) wasn't there in 1959 when Mm -hmm. they moved there. Um, Um, and then don't forget, you know, he's saying, Oh, his father was a monster. Da, 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 da history is written by the people who survived, you know? So maybe he wasn't really a monster, but if the kids saw the parent that way, he ended up framing his dad for, you know, the murder of the rest of his family. So maybe the father was trying to, uh, quote unquote, cure him Mm -hmm. and, and like, you know, get him to, uh, to not, have these kind of abilities and he saw that as an infringement of what he could do. So therefore he needs to get eliminated. There's um, a lot of great ways they can spin it. You're correct. Yeah. But just, I mean, uh, you know, again, it's maybe it's, maybe it's just nitpicking, but once we find out that it was Vecna who kind of made the mind flare because he had this affinity for spiders when he was a kid and just, so it took a lot of the, the mystery and the mystique out of it. I think it would have been for me, I would have been fine with he falls into this this realm and because he's basically the only one here like him, he can kind of tap into its abilities and into mm-hmm. its powers and start absorbing them and become stronger and stronger while still giving it that feel of, you know, since the dawn of time this realm has existed kind of thing, mm-hmm. which now we find out isn't the case. It's, well, it's just a recent, you know, since 19, not even 1960, 1979, 1980, right. when it finally shows up. And I, I, we are going, this is very much a, any writer worth their salt could take uh, three different variations of the things we've said and turn them into a fully fleshed thing that it's still match the lore. I, I think this is very much a we'll have to wait and see because even though we see him go in and he's he created this and etc., you know, we only have his word to go on. We don't know about the forces at work that allowed for such a thing. Like energy is neither created nor destroyed. So that shit was there somehow, you know, outside of space and time in between cells heaven or hell like bruh. um bruh, exactly it's bruh. it's we're now we're not talking like we're watching primer exactly the closed caption says sound of brain melting underneath <laughs> in parentheses 
So you and I have not discussed. I want to know what you who what you thought of Eddie. And let's, I love Eddie. Eddie finale, is one. Eddie's so finale. if there's two characters that I think rose above what I'll call their pay grade. Because <laughs> um, there are characters, when you watch a show, you're like, oh, they're the main character. They're the witty sidekick. They're the comedic support. They're the person we're introduced to so they can die yep. so they don't have to kill off the main people kind of thing. If there are two people this season who performed well above their written pay grade, it was Eddie and it was Murray. Right. I, I mean, and we were supposed to love Eddie. Murray was a guy who I literally think was supposed to be around for like two episodes in one season and just stuck around. Yeah. But he did some amazing shit this, uh, this season overall and the finale, uh, intrinsically and Eddie, I just, I mean, you knew he was written to be kind of like an anti-hero bad boy fan favorite. Yeah. And I, to be sort of the contradictory, like the the not version of Max's brother, because Max's brother last year was the bad, but he was also like he was the cool guy. He's fucking this girl's mom. He's he's got a switchblade comb and hits jukeboxes and a Camaro. Yeah, exactly. Um, where. Eddie was like the nerd version of that. You and I were at least some percentage of Eddie in high school. We knew. Oh, 100%. We were never, we were never Max's brother. No, we were, we were Eddie or one of the people in Eddie's group. Mm -hmm. All the, all 40 years old of them each. (laughs) Um, what I loved about the way they did that and the writers and just what they do like you said, they knew Eddie was going to be beloved. Like, this isn't a show where three episodes in and we're seeing there's a lot of people who like this character, so we're going to bring him back for three more. No. They knew. They knew they were putting the heart and soul of this season into this long-haired, Dio patch-wearing, Metallica-loving schmucko. Um... More and he's much more of a divisive character than say Bob by Sean uh, Sean Astin's Bob in the other season, who was just sort of a lovable doof. Uh, they could have screwed the pooch with Eddie, and they nailed it. He was so good, and the fact that my stepkid, after the season is done, says, "Really like Master of Puppets." Oh, child, welcome. Sit. I have so many albums for you to hear everything up until the black album. And then we stop because I don't know that shit after that. It's the same thing that happened when, when my younger sister first watched Wayne's world and she was talking about that new song, Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Like, Oh, Oh, my sweet summer child. Literally on a drive. I played, I think about an hour of just Metallica music to the kiddo. All right. You like master of puppets. Let's introduce you to one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whiskey in the jar. Um, I did like that <clears throat> every season, Stranger Things kind of latches itself onto some kind of pop culture in a way. Oh, yes. Um, and I do definitely like that they do that. Uh, I will say that I love that Karen Wheeler is like, the the chameleon of the show and and just in case you were curious as to what sort of pop culture era we're we're existing in just look at Karen Wheeler and how she's dressed <laughs> and how she's behaving and that will definitively tell you what era we're in hairstyle oh it was hilarious but uh not only that, but they they kind of latched onto the whole West Memphis Three when they created Eddie, yes. because they based him at least in part on uh, Damian Eccles, who was one of the three guys who was convicted of murdering three eight year olds, mm-hmm. uh, and and was part of this whole. You know, they thought he was a Satan worshiper. They thought he was a Satanist and 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 uh, you know sacrificing kids kind of thing. And right around that time in the 80s was when they had all those 
parent groups that were coming out very vocally against Dungeons and Dragons. And they're casting spells. There's oh, demons yeah. in these books. These kids are worshiping Satan and just completely going off the deep end with it. The satanic panic material. Now, I've absorbed so much of it. I find that period of time, especially as a role player, so interesting. Like, I used to collect Jack Chick trick to Chick Tracts, those weird, stupid little comics where, you know. Yeah, yeah. D&D will send you to hell. And you may know a lesbian. Uh, those, they're such horrible comics, and I've collected everyone I could find. Um, that point was something that I was able to bring and talking with my, uh, my wife about the season. And she is a huge, I don't want to say fan, but she is a, she's followed the West Memphis three story her deeply. So she saw that in Eddie. I saw the satanic panic thing. It was this perfect sort of union of these very in a moment, popular culture, uh, witch hunts. Um, and, and they, it really, they did a great job with that. I mean, obviously, it goes a little much with, uh, I don't remember the jockass's name that goes after Eddie, but he's such the perfect foil of the way you imagine an asshole 80s jock character, the uh, sort of religious devout, the all of it sort of just nuzzled up in this kid who probably has a crippling cocaine addiction. Um. Excellent stuff. I agree. Holy that they, they really latched onto an interesting point in history, especially given they've made these kids such D&D nerds. Was it Jason? Was that the name of the... The kid? I don't remember. The basketball captain thing? That guy. Was, I think it might have been. The, the one who, if this movie actually took place in the 80s, it would be played by Zapka. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. It's William Zapka. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Young, young Zabka. They should have just, that would have, they should have called him Zabka. I would have marked. (laughs) My favorite moment, whole finale, was the one spot I didn't expect. I I think Dustin was underserved in this season. I think Dustin got big moments in season two. Um, I think he is probably the one that fans, that people really, really want to love every season just because he's so sort of lovable. Um, And... He, I think, is fairly undisturbed, other than the love-hate relationship between Eddie and Steve, you know, him as the divorced child. His moment with Eddie's father at the end of the finale is, I I was shocked how heart-wrenchingly beautiful it was for this father who just didn't get his son, who didn't doesn't still understand what the fuck happened or who his kid was or any of it to be balmed, to be healed emotionally by Dustin at the end is like, even thinking about it makes me go, God, that was such a good scene. It, it was just an amazing moment. I think for the character, for everybody and and to show that these deaths where they've shown that like the deaths hurt and they're real deaths in these in this series and it's not just ah we lost another one i think that one was perfectly done um the death has now affected these children so deeply it easily my favorite moment of the episode you know aside from cool badass fighting and master puppets it's, I agree mostly with okay. that. Um, I mean, it's not like we haven't had emotional deaths in the series before this episode. Correct. It's just that for for some of them, it was more on the adult side of things. So the kids didn't like really, like we didn't really see too much of the kids' response to uh, Sean Astin's character getting eaten by the demo dogs and stuff. Right. Um, it was more about how Joyce deals with it and how she recovers and heals from that. Um, Max's brother, I mean, yeah, but... He's a villain. If you weren't Max, you didn't really care because at that point you knew that he was no longer her brother anymore um, and he was just another monster that needed to get you know defeated and, and disposed of. Um, 
I think for me, Dustin was probably one of the bigger characters of this episode and the season overall. I agree on this season. Because it seemed like he didn't do much except turn into like a screaming Karen when everybody talked over him. Yep. Like that seemed to be his shtick. He's going to come up with something. Somebody else is going to argue. Somebody else is going to argue. Everybody's going to start. And it was just like, okay, so that's that's clearly a running thing that we're going to see throughout the. Once it happened the third time, I'm like, okay, so this is where we are with Dustin. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree that Dustin was underserved this season. Um, um, but I did like his interaction with Eddie in the Upside Down after the epic guitar solo. And I did like his interaction, his interaction with Eddie's dad. So yeah, on that point, I agree. But I think overall, he was not very well served. And I'm kind of hoping that when we get into season five, it kind of bookends season one in the fact that season one, we as the viewers were new to Hawkins. So your main players were the kids, Joyce and Hopper. Like yeah. that was it. Um, so I'm hoping that as we get to season five, they start to maybe pare back some of the other tertiary and quadriary characters <laughs> interactions with the main group so that it really kind of gets back to focusing on the kids, Joyce and Hopper. Um, because I want that too, but as, as we've seen, as they keep adding character. Now I'm not saying Max isn't a great addition to the group, right. but as we keep adding more and more and more and more and more and more and more people, that means less and less and less and less and less screen time for the wildly established characters that we've seen from the first three seasons. Yeah. Mike was I one. I think nope. that's kind of why, Mike didn't really feel like he did a whole lot this season overall. Uh, Dustin didn't really feel like he did a whole lot. Lucas just kind of hung out with the wrong crowd and became kind of like a spy on the basketball team. Like the main characters were kind of outshone by all the other people that we met. Jonathan Byers didn't do anything but age 25 years. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I don't know how he is supposed to be 18, 19 when he looks like he's 45. I mean, he steps out of Argyle's van in the middle of the desert. I thought I was looking at Walter White without glasses. He looks like Eddie Furlong now. God. (laughs) Now, to to add to to this little like I like Robin, I think Robin was a very fun introduction introduction. I I hope that after this season, Robin's participation is decreased. She is a fun character and she is useful as sort of the counter Steve point. Um, I, I hope this was sort of the end of her arc so we can. Her stumbling through places while Nancy is secure and strong and she is so much tougher and she is now the Linda Hamilton Terminator 2 of Stranger Things, um, I I don't think they they don't mix well. Like I I don't think their scenes together. I think their scenes together serve their point. I don't need to see them again. Yeah, it was a weird <clears throat> it was a weird pairing with those two. Um, I think Robin's pairing with Steve was a lot more enjoyable and entertaining. Yes. Um, and her and Nancy, yeah, definitely felt like. I don't know. Like it, it was an, it was definitely like the odd couple kind of pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, Which brings but, me do do you think finale season, whatever the last one is five. Do we see finally Nancy, Steve? I, I can't imagine a world where we don't, unless one of them dies, which I half expect. I don't think we will. Do you think do you think uh think Steve's dying? Nancy ain't dying. Do you think Steve's dying? I uh, I mean he might. I think there would be huge uproar, but I mean, let's be honest. It's like you said, it's season five. Yeah. If he bites it, 
it's not going to be early in the season. True. It'll be the great sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I can see I can see Jonathan like buying it in like, you know, episode 2. Oh, yeah, that makes much more sense. Um but I don't know if I see Nancy with Steve. I think I mean all of the all of the lines in season four seemed to point towards, hey, we're gonna rekindle the thing and get back together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it might get to a point where they do know each other so well that it's like we would kill each other. So yeah. it's really best if we just stay really cool and really tight. We tried that thing and it didn't work out. Maybe when we're 25, 30 and we graduate college, we can revisit it. But I don't necessarily know that we're going to see them kind of get back together through the season five thing. Unless they do like at the end of Harry Potter, where they do like the whole 10 years later and they (laughs) they kind of look at where everybody is. And all of a sudden they show up, you know, at Vin Diesel's family barbecue in the backyard (laughs) together. And it's like, oh, hey, they did hook up. kind of. It is about family. You know, it's all about family. (laughs) Um, just as a fun thing, I looked up the actor who plays Jonathan is mm-hmm. 29 years old. I know. I so. spent most of the first and episode he looks like looking he's up everybody's ages. Yeah, I, I went. I spent most of the first episode looking up people's ages because yeah, and to to some degree, I thoroughly understand why they made the senior club um, older actors. They really wanted these kids to still feel very young, so it makes sense to make that distance. I don't get Jonathan. But um, the last person I think we haven't touched on is Max, and, and out of all of the kids, she really got the longest, biggest, strongest arc. And that girl can act, too. She was excellent. Um, but sadly now, and I like Kate Bush, that song is on all the time. We're, we're doing this two months, three months later, and that song is now on all the time. I can imagine she never wants to hear it the fuck again. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure Kate Bush does, because that's probably <laughs> all residuals for her. I didn't mean Kate Bush. I meant Max. <laughs> oh, Max. Yeah, no. <laughs> or yeah. Sadie Well, Sink, she better, actress. because that's the one thing that's keeping Vecna away from her. Let's <laughs> Clarify again, the actress. This Kate Bush song again. Oh, God, I'm fucking levitating. Okay, more Kate Bush, more Kate Bush, more Kate Bush. Kate Bush, Kate Bush. Roll up the hill, roll up the hill. It's not even Kate Bush's best song. Jig of Life, look it up. So, do you have any big proclamations for for next season? Do you have any any specific thing that you're half expecting, wanting to see, dreams, hopes? I I do want to touch on one thing before we get there. Um, One spot that really made me like react to my TV and kind of cheer at my TV. I don't normally do that kind of thing when I'm watching TV, when something awesome happens, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, there are times where I will actually laugh out loud at certain things. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday. I actually watched the season, uh, finale of she Hulk this morning. And there were two points when I was literally caught me kind of off guard and I laughed out loud. Really cool. But the one thing that really made me kind of go like, fuck yeah, at the screen when I was watching it was when Murray fucking hauls out the the flamethrower and just starts <laughs> torching fucking Demogorgons. Yes. It's like this this gladiatorial pit. You've got Hopper in the pit with like five or six Demogorgons and Conan's sword. <laughs> fucking amazing. I forgot that that was in this episode. Yes, please. Yeah. And, and he, he kind of strikes the Conan pose and goes into slow-mo at it. And all of a sudden, Murray's just like, and just lights up all of them. That was awesome. Like, that was a scene that really made me go, yes, get it. Um, and there be, weren't, go ahead. There weren't many of those because a lot of those were kind of ones that I think were expected. So when you're expecting the really big thing to happen and the big thing happens, you're like, oh, cool. They did that big thing. But that kind of hit me sideways and I just I just loved the whole impetus of that scene that this is Murray who literally from his entirety of being introduced into the series isn't the guy who says well yeah let's fucking go do this stuff he's the guy who's reluctantly kind of dragged along mm-hmm. 
Because when everybody else goes to do it, he realizes that they're stupid and he needs to go because he'll be the smartest guy in the room. So fine, I'll fucking go with you guys. I'll Russia? Fine, I guess we're going to Russia then. Do you speak Russian? No, I'll have to go with you. And all of a sudden, he's the dude with the fucking flamethrower torch and demogorgons I thought was hysterical. I... Now I understand when I, because I had originally said uh, we had them fighting the Demogorgons in the last episode. We stopped the uh, the episode right after that sequence. And we we're like, all right, we need to take a minute. Yeah. And we watched the rest of the final episode the next day because that end sequence was like so perfect. And it was it was literally like the opening fight sequence in Blade. It was so just impactfully. Fuck yeah. It was so much fun. Hopper with the goddamn sword. All right, fair enough. Wonderful thing to mention. So, the Hawkins is now the hub of a giant pit in the center of town. People it's a hellmouth. It is a hellmouth. And it's the reason why I have a concern that next season will not, in fact, be a smaller cast. Because I have expect that um, unless we're, do- we're picking up right where we left off and they're heading down town to the middle of the street to go see what the hell's in the pink void that there's going to be some military and there's going to be more um right you know probably not russians they're probably done with the cold war stuff but i i have a feeling we're going to see a bit more of a military thing but there's every chance that the final season pardon me will start with them tromping through the woods because it was weird that they decided to walk for a mile into the woods to go see what that weird noise in the pink sky was instead of taking a car, but that's fine. Um, it's there's I just every think it's hilarious that they literally that. walked like 50 yards and were shocked by what they saw. Like right. you were there. <laughs> Can't you just hear it? How do you come? Yeah. How do you come out of that tree line? Like Hopper's Hopper's shack is literally. I can see it from the top of this burning building yep. through the woods. And all of a sudden they're just like, ah, like did they, maybe, maybe they're, they were trying to get across the, the scope of the devastation or whatever, yes. but it just, it just felt kind of a little weird. Yeah. I, I concur. Um, but it, it's, I am intrigued to see what they do since this is very much going to be, the upside down is overtaking Hawkins or, you know, trying to, uh, I, I expect there to be a lot of budget in black tentacles coming out and like engulfing houses and people, which is fun. Sounds like stories I've written for smash words. Mm. Do you have any predictions? It's, I mean, I think they can still, reel in the overall cast. Mm -hmm. I just think they need to take some of the recurring category and slide them over into guest category. Okay. And just focus, you know, yes, the military is doing their big military thing. We probably can envision how well that is or isn't going to go. That's not something we need to spend a third of every episode watching what they're doing that's not working so we can then go to the kids and see what is working. Yeah. I think if we if we start focusing more on just the kids, but even then, at this point, like you said, what do we got now? We've got... Uh, we've got 11, Will, Mike, Jonathan, Argyle, Max, Lucas, Steve, Nancy, and Dustin. I mean, that's a huge cast. And yeah. we're, that's not even taking into effect Lucas's sister, mm-hmm. who's now become part of the group. Um, and that's before the adults, which is its own beast. Right. I, I think we can still kind of... We're going to go do the thing. You guys stay here and keep an eye out and and kind of pair where the action is down and, and hopefully get back to more of the original group. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, uh, I don't see this being quote unquote solved by any other actions except 
the original kid group. I, you know I'm what I mean? You. Like and at the I, end of the day, you know, when they, when they round up the villain, it's always Fred or it's always Velma or, or Daphne that pull the mask off the dude. It's never the guy we just met last episode. Who's going to come in and be like, well, let's see who's under this. It's going to be, it's got to come back and focus on the original kids. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I think that in that final season, Yes, we as the viewer have seen these kids grow up literally physically. You know, we've seen them go from 10-year-olds to 16, 17-year-olds, 18, whatever they are. Um, 30-year-olds. Yeah, in some cases, 65. What we need to see is their growth as people or characters. You know, yes, I 100 believe that Mike is a wonderful human and a good uh, boyfriend and he loves... 11. Like, I believe that. Fine. Um, I understand that Will went through a bunch of shit and he's unsure of who he is. Cool. Lucas is figuring out who he is from a, a social perspective and his feelings for Max. Like, I I shouldn't, after five seasons, I shouldn't be able to sum these characters up in one or two sentences. There needs to be a notable, like, this is who they were then and this is who they are now and that's growth, bitch. And... For good or for ill. I, I agree that I would hope that this final season gives us that. And maybe to some degree, they can lesser, they can pull back on uh, What's-Her-Face, Winona and Hopper, because now they're together. Yes, they, they'll have something to do, but there won't be a, a whole season dedicated to finding him. Um, right. And I definitely think they're going to get married next season. I think they they almost have to. Sure. I don't see Hopper. I don't see Hopper dying again. Like no. we've done that scare at least once so far this show. Mm-hmm. I don't think it happens a third time where it sticks because I think if it does, then Joyce just ends up hanging herself in a shower <laughs> like literally ten minutes later. <laughs> oh um, God. <laughs> So I think they definitely have to have to connect and and like become an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan is such a perfect call for which who's the, who's the dash. He feels so useless. Other than as Will's brother, he's, which was a he's sweet moment. Completely and one hundred percent. His his only sidekick now is Argyle, and I I mean, it was funny, but I don't mm-hmm. need to see Argyle. You know, in most of season five, he yep. did his thing. He was he was the go to. He was the dude with the truck yep. that could fit everybody. You know, that's that was Argyle's complete and utter commitment to season five. He was comedy relief and he had a big enough van for all of them to fit in at once. So we weren't taking like three different little cars. Agreed. So he has to go back to the whatever town that they moved to, which is way, way away. Everybody's here now. We're going to jump in the pit. And some somebody's all die, and it'll probably be the guest character we're introduced to fifteen minutes into the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> I think theater. I think uh, I think the doctor, I think both doctors are going to end up uh, buying it. Well, that well, Modine, I, Modine's dead, isn't he? At this full point, uh, you mean Paul Reiser? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Paul Reiser's still around, but Modine, I think he's dead, dead, dead. Yes, he is definitely dead. You are correct. You are correct. But yeah, I would uh, Im- I would imagine Paul Reiser to die. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. I wouldn't be mad um, about you. I can see... I can't see right. Will dying. Because Will was kind of like the catalyst for it all. Yeah, no. I, I think... If anybody, I think at the end, Will may be the character that you look at, sort of like when you look at Star Wars and you're like, Han Solo is the character that grew the most in the series. I think Will might be the one who comes out the other end um, feeling the most developed as a changed person. Just hope they give him a different fucking haircut. Oh my God. Please give him a haircut. haircut That was probably the most horrifying thing of season four. I got it when he was like, I understand what they were doing because he was the short little runty one and now... He's really, really tall. He's taller than yeah. all of them. He's, yeah. he's And they wanted him to still feel like the young one, even though he talks. And they just couldn't get him away from no slice the mushroom on the pizza first haircut. Yeah, exactly. Oh, free bowl <laughs> They of gave soup. him the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone haircut. Dude, six foot five. Oh, damn. 
Um, <clears throat> the only way I see Will dying is if, because remember, he was kind of the first one into the Upside Down. Mm-hmm. For Survivor, anyway. And he was having those kind of crossover flashbacks where, you know, he was kind of drifting in and out between the veil Mm -hmm. and he was coughing up the slugs in the sink kind of thing. So I think the only way he dies is if he comes to the realization that whatever it is that's still in him needs to go with the upside down in order to eliminate it, that he kind of makes that sacrifice um, I could see that happening like the episode before the series finale mm-hmm. um, to kind of put things in motion. But I don't I don't see him just like, you know, taking a bullet or jumping in no. front of a, a, a Demogorgon kind of thing. No. I think I think it would have to be a conscious decision from him. Yeah, I I don't believe they will. And I, I think if they were to do that, they would be the show. I mean, they'd be opening themselves to like really falling on the sword of some real negative tropes um, without getting too deeply into it. You know, there there's some TV tropes specifically because Will, uh, you know, kind of came out, not entirely, but... No, you know, you're right. I, I would hate for the show, which has done a pretty damn good job uh, at representation, to, to just fall on, on that trope. Um, You know, they haven't had... They, they've been very good about not putting, like, Women, it, it, they've been very good about sort of showing that there were alternate lifestyles and people of different makes and models in the 80s. I, I think they've done an awesome job at that. I would hate for them to like fuck it all up on the on the run home. <laughs> no, you're you're right. You're right. All of a sudden, first episode, Robin stands there and spontaneously combusts and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Folks. We have destroyed the finale of Stranger Things Season 4. What did you think? Do you think any of our predictions are correct? Do you have a moment that we completely missed out on? I mean, the show was six days long, so we probably yeah, did exactly. Where, Rob, can they come and tell us we're bad? You can go over to somethingcast.com, the repository of all things something. You can find all the buttons, widgets, and doodads, and where you can find us on your podcatcher of choice, where to find us on Twitter, where to find us on email, where to find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash something something cast, where for as little as $2 a month, you can not only help support our show, so come 2023, we can start getting back out to conventions and doing some cool things that we can bring the show involved in and get you some bigger and better content uh but also you get early access and you'll hear our episodes on saturday instead of tuesday plus you'll hear them uncut and unedited so all the stuff that we talked about before we even got into stranger things you'll be able to listen to it that is correct also if i may if i may self pimp for a minute oh please uh check out our friends over at gutting the sacred cow.com uh we've had them on our show quite a few times uh, Hatton and I have been on there trying to gut movies twice. Uh, I will actually be uh, guest hosting with Mr. Kevin Goatee in an upcoming episode that we are going to be recording in a few weeks. So if you are listening to this episode, definitely go over and check out Gutting the Sacred Cow on YouTube, on their website. They have all the buttons and widgets and doodads on where to find them. So you can listen to upcoming stuff that has more of us in it. Brilliant. With that said, thank you all for joining us for the end. We will see you next time. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob. See you in the Upside Down. Later. Later.